The Tanah returns to explain the first mission of the, of the, of the parak, which is talking about the days on which various, the amount of days on which certain mitzvot were performed. So, Halel Vasim Chashmona. The Mishnah said the mitzvah of reciting Halel and Simcha apply for eight days. Kate said, How's this to be? So, it teaches that a person is obligated in the mitzvot of Halel, of Simcha, rejoicing, and of Kavod, Yom Tov, honoring the Yom Tov, such as uh, making preparations that honor the day, washing yourself, tidying up the house, wearing clean clothing. Okay, so all these mitzvot, they, they are also, a person is also Chayav on the last day of, of the festival, which is talking about Shemini Aseret, Kishari Kol Yomot Hachag, just as a person is obligated the other days of the Chag which is the seven days of Sukkot because every day of Sukkot has a unique Musaf offering the entire Halal is recited on each day Shemini Aseret certainly requires its own recitation of Halal because it's an independent Yom Tov in many respects it is derived from the Torah that the obligation to rejoice in Yom Tov applies not only on the seven days of Sukkot but also Shemini Aseret Sukkah Shiva now the Mishnah stated the mitzvah of Sukkah applies for seven days Kate said how is this to be understood what is the Mishnah teaching here Gamamile Echol Lo it teaches that when one has finished eating the last meal on the seventh day of Sukkot, they should not untie the bindings of their Sukkot to take it apart because the midst of Sukkot remains in force the entire days, entire day, obligating them, this person, if they study or nap or eat another meal, to do so in the Sukkot. As in, just because you finish your meal doesn't mean, you know, the mitzvah is finished. No, you've got until the end of the day. However, from the time of Mincha and on, they may bring down and into the house the fine utensils and bedding that they used in the Sukkot. So from, you know, towards the end of the day, they can, um, because they give honor to the last day of Yom Tov of the festival, by preparing for the evening meal in advance. So yeah, even though you've got your mitzvah sukkah until the end of the day, you've also got to start preparing for Shemini Aser. So we say that towards the end of the day, from the time of Mincha, you can bring down, so obviously, you know, nowadays it might be a bit different, you know, we've got, you know, multiple crockery and cutlery and and the things on a sukkah might whatever but in those days they would they would have had moved everything out into their sukkah and they would need to bring it back into the house for shemini where they're not no longer sitting in the sukkah so so they said right so it takes place all seven days but the mishnah teaches us no you, you can you can from the end of the day towards the end of the day you can start bringing stuff in Mishnah Teh. This Mishnah describes the mitzvah of pouring water which is nisuchamayim that was performed each morning on the seven days of sukkot Every day of the year, wine was poured onto the Mizbech when the Tamid was offered. On each morning of Sukkot, water was poured in, onto the Mizbech at the same time as the wine. This mitzvah, which is known as Nisuch HaMayim, was taught um, orally to Moshe at Har Sinai, but there are hints to it in the Torah Shebich Tav. Okay, Nisuch HaMayim said, how was the mitzvah of pouring the water done? Slochit shel zahav machazeket shloshet lugin hayem emale min a Kohen filled a golden jug that could hold three lugin of water from the spring of Shiloach, which was near Yush- to Yushalayim. It was then brought to the Beit HaMikdash in a procession. When they reached the water gate in the southern wall of the temple courtyard, so this was the entrance closest to the ramp of the Mizbeach, and it was called the water gate because of this very ceremony that we're talking today. So when they reached this water gate, they blew on the trumpets a tekiah, a teruah, and another tekiah as an expression of joy, because the Pasuk says, in Yeshaya, you should draw water in joy. So Allah Bakevesh, Kohen went up the ramp of the altar, carrying the jug of water, and when they reached the top, they turned to his left and walked to the southwestern corner of the altar, the Mizbeach, 
Okay, and Shnei Sefalim, Shakesef Hayusham. There were two silver bowls of water there, one in which a Kohen poured the water of the daily Tamid service, and one in which the Kohen poured the water on each day of Sukkot. So now, if we picture the ramp from the, the, the Mizbech from a bird's eye view, so picture the square of the Mizbech, and you've got the ramp, so you walk up the ramp from the bottom. And you reach the edge, you know, reach the top of the ramp, and then you turn left and immediately out of that southwestern corner, which is, you know, if you're looking from a bird's eye view, the, the bottom left, that's the corner that we're talking about. There are two silver bowls there in which they pour the water and the wine. Now, the previous Tanah said that the bowls were silver. However, the next Tanah disagrees. Rabbi Huda Almer, Rabbi Huda says, Shel Sid Hayu, actually the bowls were made of plaster, which is white. Ella, Shahayu Mushcharim. But they had a silvery grey appearance because the surfaces had been darkened from the wine poured into them. Okay, so so even though they were made of plaster, because the wine over the you know over time it would it would change their appearance and both bowls would have this appearance because sometimes it would be that the wine was mistakenly poured into the bowl, um, into the water bowl by mistake. Now. Now, these bowls, they had two holes, like two thin nostrils. They had a spout in the base where there was a hole, so it appeared like to be like a nostril. Now, the nostril of one bowl, which was used for wine, was wide, which made the, the wine flow out quicker, and the nostril of the other one used for water was narrow. So that both of them, the water and the wine, were finished flowing out the bowls at the same time. Now, the wine in those days were very th- was very thick and flowed slower than water, so in order to have both liquids finished flowing out the bowl at the same time the nostril of the wine bowl was made wider than the nostril of the water bowl now the two bowls were side by side one to the west and one to the east so picture again picture this bird's eye view of the Mizbeach and you've got the t- you're looking in the, we're looking in the bottom left corner okay now just now each corner of the Mizbeach had a horn it had like a square uh, a square little um, cube in each corner, so we're in the bottom left of the Mizbeach, and you're looking at this. You're looking at this horn. Now, just above the horn, there were the two bowls. So you had one on the left and one at the right. Okay, the one on the left is to the west, and the one to the right is to the east. So that's the context that we're talking about. Okay, so the Mishnah identifies which bowl was used for each libation. The western bowl, so the one on the left, again, if we're looking from a bird's eye view at the bottom left, the western bowl was for the water, and the eastern bowl was for the wine. However, if one poured the jug of water into the bowl for the wine, or the jug of wine into the bowl for the water... They fulfill the mitzvah. This Mishnah stated, the Mishnah stated above that the required amount of water was three login. The first Mishnah of the chapter taught that it was poured in seven days, which is the seven days of Sukkot, not Shemini Asera. The next Tanah disagrees with both points. Rabbi Huda Amar, it says, no, Balog Hayam Koshmana. He says, no, the Kohen will put a jug containing one log on all eight days, including including Shemini Asera. So he says, no, according to Rabbi Huda, the law from Har Sinai was that just one log of water was enough, and he said that this mitzvah of uh, rejoicing applies on all eight days so just as the mitzvah of rejoicing applies for all eight days so so too does the mitzvah of pouring the water which is celebrated with great joy as we're going to learn about in the next parak. now before the coin poured the water he was given an instruction they will say to the person who poured the water raise your hand when you pour for once he was told to raise his hand because it once happened that one Kohen who rejected the oral law deliberately poured the water onto his feet instead into the bowl okay this Kohen belonged to the Sadducees who accepted only the written law and rejected the oral law they were thus 
opposed to the mitzvah of pouring the water, which was taught orally to Moshe and Harsina, and not mentioned explicitly in the Torah. Okay, so this person, what he did was he would he would pour it, you know, he he would pour it like so that people couldn't see, and he um, you know, he didn't pour it into the bowl because that's a mitzvah from Torah Sheba Al Peh. And they rejected it, so he obviously didn't want to fulfill this because he held that wasn't Torah. So from then on, they had a procedure that the Kohen would lift it up so everyone could see where they were pouring. Um, and, what, and what happened to this Kohen, this Sadducee Kohen? And all the people pelted them, this, this Kohen, with their Etrogim. From then on, they asked the Kohen to lift their hand when pouring so they could see whether, they, whether or not he was pouring to the bowl. Have a great day.